Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, we're very excited just to be here in the first place. Uh, as everybody knows, uh, we were wondering would we host. I thought the whole time that we were very deserving. It's, it's, the, it's the entirety of the season, and our guys absolutely are on the right to host. And now uh, I think we got a, a, a draw with some real quality teams. Uh, no coach will ever tell you anything different than that. Uh, so we're going to go back to work now as soon as this press conference is over and, and start preparing. And what's up? Welcome in GC Live. Special abbreviated edition here on Memorial Day. Wes Mitchell uh, going to be joining you with Colin Taylor here shortly. Let me bring Colin in. Of course, uh, Colin, what's up, man? I know obviously a lot going on over there, but I felt like uh, we had to go ahead and uh, get you on and talk a little bit about kind of an instant reaction to this um, NCAA tournament bid for South Carolina with them learning their fate, um, originally learning that they were going to host yesterday and then learning the full bracket today uh this show of course brought to you by clint hammond our good buddy over at movement mortgage 803-771-6933 again probably be an abbreviated edition of the show but colin you were over there uh the team learned their fate uh watch party um how was the environment how was the vibe over there man yeah the vibe was the vibe was good it was one of those where you kind of got the sense that they they got back to columbia after a really tough SEC tournament, a really tough month, to be honest with you. Uh, but they get back to the league tournament, you know, from the league tournament, they have all this time off, and it's kind of a rejuvenated group. Um, they know that they're hosting. They kind of got that monkey off their back. They were in a really good mood. Um, they were in a really, really good mood. And um, it, it's a tough draw, but they seem really confident right now that as they get back healthy, um, but to, to get back to where they were and to get to a point where they can compete with some of the best teams in the country. Yeah. And obviously I, I think with anything, Colin, this is one of those situations where most of the time the vibe in that locker room is a little bit different than the vibe, um, you know, on our message boards on Gamecock central on Twitter. I mean, in today's sports world, you never have to go far to get a feel for how a particular fan base feels. Um, You've seen it, you've lived it, but um, you know I, I think with this team right now, they obviously are probably in a little bit different mindset. Uh, again, uh, just the news that they're able to host, man. That of course came down yesterday, and um, you know there was that big question: how much will the committee put like their entire body of work? I know that phrase was thrown around a ton. Body of work, overall uh, metrics, numbers. They were very clearly, I feel like, a host team if you looked at the numbers. Then if you just watched them on the field the last month, I thought they were very clearly, by the eye test, not necessarily a host team. Uh, the committee ultimately decides to go with that body of work. Um, I know you sort of were feeling pretty good about their chances going into the latter part of Sunday afternoon, but 
are you at all surprised with the way you felt maybe when South Carolina bowed out of the tournament a few days ago? Yeah, I was a little bit – if you had told me that Thursday after they just got one hit by A&M, the South Carolina team was going to be a host, I, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But – and like Mark Kingston said today, kind of as the dust settled from the tournament, they got home, you had chances to start evaluating resumes. Um you saw South Carolina was a host, and they got some help. Uh, Boston College lost pretty pretty early after South Carolina did. That was the competition for it. Campbell ultimately didn't get a host seed. Um, that was obviously another competition for it. They'll be coming to Columbia. Uh, so as the dust settled and you started to kind of evaluate things, you were like, okay, South Carolina's got a hosting resume. They have a series wins. They have a series win over Florida, a series win over Clemson. Those are two national seeds. You split with LSU, another national seed. Uh, you take games off Vanderbilt and Arkansas, two more national seeds. Um, and then you have a good series win over Penn and Bethune-Cookman. You swept Penn, and Bethune-Cookman had was in their conference title game yesterday, and you swept them. So um, you had some good metrics. The computer numbers always backed that up, even when South Carolina was struggling. The question then became was, does – the SEC get eight conference hosts. Does South does the SEC get a record number of top sixteen seeds? Half the field, literally. Um, and if if they didn't, South Carolina was probably going to be on the cutting floor there. Although Alabama is the number sixteen overall seed, so who knows? Um, but it was a big question of if they were going to get seven or, or eight. Uh, you knew they were probably going to get seven, so. They did, and South Carolina obviously ended up making the cut. Um, that's a long-winded way to say uh, early on I would have been shocked, but as the dust settled, I understood why South Carolina is hosting. Yeah, as you said, South Carolina, the 15 overall seed, um, paired up with Florida, a team, as you said, South Carolina uh, swept. Now at home, yep. uh, of course, if Carolina wins this regional, they'll have to go to Gainesville in theory, is, is, you know, assuming Florida wins their regional as well. But um, it, there's a big mountain to climb before we can even think about South Carolina uh, getting to that point, Colin. This felt to me um, not so much in South Carolina's game one opponent, opponent, which is Central Connecticut State. Frankly, that's a new school on me as far as I'm concerned. Yep. But um, NC State, it seems like from what I was reading, uh, maybe got screwed over a little bit last year um, as far as uh, getting left out of the tournament. They get in this year, but really the team you circle is this Campbell team, uh, which a lot of people had in the conversation, maybe even um, locked in to potentially being a top 16 host seed of their own. This, to me, felt kind of like, all right, South Carolina, we're giving you the benefit of the doubt. We're giving you this host. This is going to be in Columbia. It'll be a great crowd. It's a great venue. We're going body of work, but... We also, yeah, we're going to give you the other team that maybe would have taken your spot if seven, if only seven SECs got in. And, um, you know, you can kind of just earn it on the field if you want to get any further. Yeah, that's if you weren't going to say that I was going to that, you know, South Carolina gets their host, but then they get maybe one of the best two seeds in the country uh, coming to Founders Park and. 
Um, I thought South Carolina was going to be in Campbell's regional regardless, whether that was them having to travel to Fayetteville to play in a Campbell regional or, or Campbell coming to Columbia. Um, the benefit now, though, is Campbell is in a 2-3 matchup where you're probably going to have to throw your best guy mm-hmm. day one um, just to advance to a winner's bracket. And then South Carolina can kind of play the matchups. They don't know what they're going to do yet, but they don't feel like they have to throw Jack Mahoney, who's been their horse the last couple weeks. You don't have to throw him, and you can maybe keep him in your back pocket for Saturday night, Founders Park, in a winner's bracket game of a regional. And um, if you're South Carolina, you feel pretty good about him and and what he could potentially do um, if that happens. So there is a benefit to getting the number one seed in the regional, and it means you have some options on on where you go pitching-wise if you're South Carolina. Yeah, and I want to get your thoughts a little bit more on that here in a second. But first, um, injuries have been the question that gets asked every single week. I know Kingston's probably tired of answering it. You guys are probably tired of asking it. Uh, But he, of course, it had to be asked. He had to answer, and he did so. I've got a quick clip, actually. You posted the full video on our Gamecock Central YouTube. If you all want to go see that, you can go see that. But – Here's the quick answer from King real quick. It's better. It's getting better. Uh, I think Cole will be ready to go. I think Wimmer will be able to play shortstop. Will Sanders is prepared to pitch this weekend. So uh, we're in about as good a shape as we've been in a long, long time. With Will, how do you look to kind of maybe use him as a starter or is it kind of maybe in a bullpen? I would guess this weekend it would probably be in the bullpen. Um, that way you can use him maybe more than once. And then if we're fortunate enough to get through a regional, then maybe the following week you have some more decisions to make. But I would guess this weekend it would be out of the bullpen. Great question, by the way, Colin, uh, about Thank Will you. Sanders. Excellent job. Excellent delivered, delivery. 10 out of 10. Thank but, you. But um, first of all, Cole Messina looks like things are looking up. You know, he was there at the watch party, as you reported. I thought that was an excellent sign. I feel like concussion protocol, if those things are so kind of strict these days, he'd probably be told to sit at home rather than go to a party if he was really still feeling, you would think, any repercussions from being in concussion protocol. But, um, Overall, I mean, sounds like probably the best you could hope for um, the way things were trending going into this week as far as the injury report goes. Yeah, I think that that's they got that was as rosy an injury report as Mark Kingston's given in about a month. Um, Didn't even bring up Chris Veach, who's been dealing with that hip injury, which is good. Uh, Obviously pitched in in Hoover if you're Veach, but you get Wimmer back in the field. Um, which is something they've really needed for a while. I think that that's going to help them just from a confidence standpoint. He's a leader on this team. Getting him back in the field helps. Cole Messina hasn't, didn't have any symptoms yesterday. He's out of quote-unquote protocol, but they still need to ramp him up physically and just with the bat. And there's, a, there's restrictions and a timeline for all this stuff. But he's on track to play Friday against Central Connecticut State. I believe is the the official Central Connecticut is what I'll call them. But um, he, he's on track to play, which is what you want because Messina is the heartbeat of that team and they need him behind the plate. They need him in the middle of that lineup because um, when he goes, they usually go. Yeah, so such a difference maker, man. And, um, you know, I, I think that you see a catcher take a ball off the mask probably every single game, but – 
that was definitely a direct hit if you look at the replay. Um, and you could tell that something wasn't quite right with him right after that happened. So uh, certainly big news for them that he is back and, and just good news for him in general from a health standpoint that, that it doesn't appear that that's going to be a lingering thing there because that can be really scary. But now South Carolina and Kingston was asked about this later. Um, I'm not going to play that clip, Colin. You can sort of speak to it a little bit. But he was asked about what is now a decision for him, not so much at catcher, but you look at your infield, the fact that, um, you know, Lee Croy, of course, is healthy. Now Wimmer can play the field again. And, um, you know, Michael Braswell really stepped in when this team needed him to, has played multiple spots, has played second base, shortstop, third base. I thought once he got settled back into playing shortstop that he's played a really good shortstop for them, Colin. Um, Will Tippett, probably the odd man out earlier this year, but has just really, I think, played a ton better down the stretch as well. Has added some offensive elements to what he was able to do defensively. How does this decision play out, you think, if you're Mark Kingston trying to put your best nine on the field? It's it's tough. It's one of those situations where Wimmer's going to play short more than likely. Um, he, he probably has better range than Michael Braswell does, uh, but Braswell's really smooth. He makes a lot of really good plays. You might, if it were me, I would keep Braswell on the left side of the infield and play him at third just because he's he's played the left side this his entire career. He could be a pretty doggone good third baseman, uh, defensively speaking. And then I would keep Tippett at second base um, and move Lee Croy to where he doesn't have to play third. He can just focus on hitting and you can get that production in the the six or seven hole or wherever you want to hit him. So uh, that's what I would do. I would lean toward Mark Kingston thinking that same way along similar lines. We'll see come Friday, but um, that's what I would lean. And then it allows you to, based on splits, based on left-right matchup pitching-wise, you can put Lee Croy back at third and then move Carson Hornung into the DH spot and take Braswell out or um, even take Lee Croy out if you want to and put Hornung in because uh, I think they've really missed his left-handedness in the box against um, right-handed hitters from that DH spot at times. Um, so there are some options there that you can kick around, but if I'm if – I'm, Filling on a lineup card, and if I think Mark Kingston had to fill up a lineup card tomorrow, it would be Tippett at second, Braz at third, Wimmer at short, and then DH with Lee Croy. Well, certainly I'm sure Mark Kingston glad to actually have a decision to make in terms of maybe having too many guys as opposed to be sitting there um, having to move a catcher to third base, which is a spot that they yeah. were in, obviously, you know, a few weeks ago. So much, much better situation to be in. We'll see if that team can find what they had, um, any semblance of what they were doing at the plate as a team earlier this year when they were really rolling. Um, another pitching question here, going back to that, Colin, you asked him, obviously, about Will Sanders. He'll come out of the bullpen. Um, wh what do you think it's going to take for Sanders to be that guy that he was for most of the first two seasons he was at South Carolina? I, I got to think, man, if they're going to make a run at this thing and, and go somewhat deep into this tournament, that to me you've got to have Mahoney sort of looking a good bit like what he's looked for most of the last few weeks, and you've got to have Sanders turning back the clock and looking like he did on paper when 
he was uh, supposed to be the ace to this, uh, you know, to this rotation. Yeah, it's Sanders just hasn't felt in rhythm really the you know when he's been out there and maybe that has to do with that lower body injury he's dealing been dealing with that he's just kind of been out of rhythm the command has been off uh, the fastball wasn't good early they tweaked that to where he's throwing more of a sinker now it's he's not throwing 95 he's sitting more 91 to 93 but there's some sink to it um with that change up that curveball that slider so it's just about getting in rhythm getting his command back because when he's commanding his pitches it's hard to hit but the problem is he's he's either too much in the zone or his misses out of the zone are just non-competitive. He's missing badly out of the zone. And, and when it's in the zone, it's dead middle and they're able to barrel it up. So getting him back to that guy you saw his freshman and sophomore year uh, would be is really, really vital. And maybe coming out of the bullpen, um, it's you get to just kind of uncork that four seam fastball and have him at 97, 98 and shortened spurts compared to him having to kind of conserve energy for six or seven innings. Definitely. Uh, final couple of things here, Colin. Like I said, y'all get into all the details on this later on in the week. Uh, any idea when y'all are going to do the uh, foul balls sort of deeper? I would, I would lean Wednesday, but okay. we'll see. Either Wednesday or Thursday, kind of the regional eve would be my guess. Okay, cool. Yeah, so everybody be on the lookout for that, and uh, that'll be a much deeper dive, a longer episode diving into what South Carolina needs to do to get out of this regional and kind of diving into some of those matchups. We'll give you time to actually um, kind of dive into each school. Obviously, at this point, we know Campbell equals really good. I think that's the biggest yes. takeaway yes. from this regional so far. Um, who would you throw game one and game two without – at this point, really knowing much about what that matchup like, you know, might look like in game one, just from a South Carolina standpoint, I'm sure there may be some things they're going to look into on video when they kind of look at their opponents that may factor, probably will factor into this decision. But just from like a here in Columbia standpoint, I, I got to think Mahoney Saturday night. Um, yeah. I like would I, start. I, yeah, I don't think you can get away from that. Yeah. I think the real question is who do you throw game one? And not that you want to get too far ahead of yourself, but that decision directly affects who, in theory, is going for the regional win for you on Sunday. I know you can't look ahead, but if it is your job as the coach to be playing out all the different scenarios here. So, um very curious decision since there's not really that true one and true two, I guess, on this staff. Yeah, they, Mahoney's been your horse, like like I said, but again, he's he entered the year as your number three guy. Um, you really haven't had that ace. I think Eli Jones and James Hicks are leading two candidates right now. This is such, I mean, South Carolina doesn't have another lefty on its quite literally its entire staff outside of Becker yeah. right now. Um, so maybe he's more valuable out of the bullpen for you. Uh, I, it's just a matter of when you want Hicks to throw. Do you want Hicks to set the tone of a regional as kind of that low heart rate guy, someone that can just go out there and give you six quality innings every single time? Or do you save him for you're going up against, 
a team on Sunday, hopefully trying to win a regional. Uh, Eli Jones and uh, Hicks are two very similar pitchers, both sinker ball guys. So you're still getting a sinker baller game one if you don't choose to start Mahoney. I would lean – it's so tough. I would lean Eli if I'm doing it. Eli on Friday, Hicks Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see the, the, the argument for Hicks Friday night. He's a low heart rate guy, someone that just doesn't get too geeked up in a moment. And I, I think that that's what you need because Founders is going to be bonkers um, Friday night. And you need a guy like that to kind of steady things down and, and help you win that game. And hey, so Colin, I mean, I don't know if you can necessarily overstate how big what we saw from Hicks was last week if he could continue that over, you know, you want to talk about making a run in this tournament. That's another guy. If, if what we saw last week is what you could potentially get out of Hicks in a regional situation, then that's just one more guy that Carolina can really count on as a starter, especially considering, you know, no Noah Hall and Sanders being out of the bullpen. Um, that would be huge for those guys if they could slot him into one of those spots and get what they got out of him last week. Yeah, absolutely, and he's much better against righties than he is lefties, obviously with that sinker baller that just runs in on the hands. and um, That's another thing to factor in. If you know Central Connecticut has a ton of lefties, they might opt to start Jones, or if they have a ton mm-hmm. of righties, they might start Hicks just based on the matchup. But, uh, yeah, like going into the SEC tournament, not knowing if Sanders was healthy enough to pitch in a region you're like i don't know if they have the pitching to get through a regional like this and then hicks does what he does and um george's issue has never been offense they're they're a good offensive team and he was able to kind of make them look silly at times and, and really pitch around it so um that's a guy that can start regional super regional games for you and uh, if you get what you got at, against him from uh, georgia that makes you that much more dangerous and um, now you have the luxury of not trying to rush Will Sanders back and make him start a regional game. You can kind of use him out of the bullpen. and um, That's huge for Hicks in, in a lot of different ways. And obviously big picture, I think the key to winning a regional, the way these things are structured, man, it's always win the first two and you set yourself up. And I, I, I look at this team, Colin, I think they probably have the pitching depth if they win the first two and aren't yeah. having to fight through that loser's bracket. If they lose either of the first two and are having to just battle back through it, then um, I think that's a really, really tough row, uh, you know, for them to get through. So we uh, we certainly will see, man. I know you'll have plenty throughout the week uh, leading up to it. We'll go into more depth. Um, by the way, is it official that it's a 7 o'clock first pitch on Friday or it's an unofficial official? It's uh, one of those unofficial officials. Uh, they haven't announced it. Uh, South Carolina hasn't announced it yet, but Kingston even said in his po- in his post-selection show he thinks they're going to be playing the night game because hosts do get preference on when they yeah. play. So I would I, I haven't seen anything. I've also been on here, so I haven't refreshed Twitter or anything like that. But I would assume under the lights at Founders Park Friday. I think you got to go that direction. If, if it's yeah. your preference, then that's the way you go, I think. Oh, South Carolina time. 100% chooses to, to play that on it if they can. Yeah, and uh, will be important for the fans to uh, forget uh, whatever negativity they've had floating around for the last four weeks and uh, get out there and enjoy some still hands beverages and um, enjoy some Gamecock baseball. Uh, Colin, great stuff as always, man. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time. 
And uh, everybody listening, check out uh, Foul Balls from Colin and the crew later on this week. Uh, we'll see you soon, okay, man? Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Yep, Colin Taylor, Gamecock Central. Go check out all of his work on GamecockCentral.com. Um, as always, this show brought to you by our friend Clint Hammond of Movement Mortgage at ClintHammond.com, 803-771-6933. And also, real quick, let me tell you all about our friends at Liberty Tax, uh, 803-462-5576. Obviously, tax time is over for this year, but if you want to go ahead and get a head start, or if your taxes were a little bit too difficult this year, just had a lot going on, a lot of changes that affected your tax situation, or maybe you know that you're going to have a lot of changes that affect your tax situation for next year, you want to go ahead and come up with a tax plan, hit up our friends at Liberty Tax, uh, 803-462-5576. They can help you come up with your plan for next tax season. If you are late on your taxes, then, hey, you need to get on that. Again, they can help you with that. If you got to deal with the IRS, they have tax professionals who can help you deal with that um, in a smooth fashion. 803-462-5576. Three convenient locations right here in the greater Columbia area. Uh, again, like I said at the top, this is going to be an abbreviated edition. So I'm going to get out of here. Be on the lookout. We'll have Talking Tuesdays with Mike Yuva tomorrow. We'll have a special Foul Balls episode uh, later this week as well where Colin and the crew We'll dive deeper into this matchup. But for now, South Carolina, officially a host, a top 16 seed. They're number 15, paired up with that Gainesville Regional, which um, will be an interesting path for them to have to take. A tough draw with Campbell, but again, anytime you're in Columbia, you're hosting, you're the Gamecocks, you feel good about that. So, all right, y'all. Y'all enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day. Y'all, um, y'all hang in there. See us back on here. Check us out. GamecockCentral.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.